This is Echozoi Radio, episode 140 for December 2019, with Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler, our 2019 roundtable discussion. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 140 for December 2019 with guests Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler. If you remember uh, 2018, this time of year, we did a roundtable discussion and just uh, used the topics from the previous portion of the year as topic starters. And we're going to do something similar today, but um, we're, it's, it's more open and, and roundtable-y. So we're just going to talk about gospel kind of stuff. It was a fun episode that we did a year ago, and uh, we're going to do it again. Show notes for this episode are available. You can check them out at echozoe.com slash 140. You'll find an outline of the discussion, a list of scriptures that we've referenced, additional resources, and similar topics. Not much else to say, but um, we're happy to have had you listening for 2019, and this has uh, been a fun way to wrap up the year, and I'm glad that Andrew and Fred are back. But um, with that, let's just... Uh, oh, I did message that we're... Once again, we do have... I don't have notes. I usually type this up and I read it. So I'm just kind of winging it today, but I do have video and you can um, check out the video of the show at echozoe.com slash 140 or at the Echozoe Ministries YouTube page. But with that, let's get in with Fred and Andrew. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm doing great too. Great to have you back. Oh yes. It's always a delight to be here. And Andrew, you're there too. Am I stuck with Fred again? Oh, well, I thought I would trigger you. Fred Butler triggered. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to trigger you. I know how he triggers you. <laughs> no, it's great to be back. I I love being back with you guys and being on Echo Zoe. Um, 140. That is like a lot of episodes. Well, what do you what do you got? A lot, you know. Well. What do I got? It depends on which one. On my daily, I'm coming up to 500. <laughs> yeah, so 140 is not a lot, but when you're doing daily, yeah. That's five days a week. Yeah. Well, I am coming up on episode 100 on my weekly, but again, that's, that's two weekly. years, yeah. 140 yeah. for a monthly is almost 12 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's my second episode with this fancy roadcaster, and I know I, I found out in the process that you've got one too, and... Uh, Love it. You know, that's how I'm able to do the kind of more live to tape that I did. Now, this will be the second episode in a row that I'm doing. They call it live to tape where you record it as if it's live, but you're recording it. And then uh, you just can go right on tape. And then, well, it's not on tape. It's not actually live and it's not on tape, but that's kind of the old radio lingo. (laughs) And, uh, but I, I like being able to do that, having those little sounder buttons and, and it's very intuitive. It, it, it's very simple. It's got a lot, you know, a lot of the 
the analog settings that I had on my old mixer just aren't there. It just does it for you. Uh, but uh, if you heard last month's episode, you know how, epi- how, how excited I was to get it. And I still am excited. We, we just get real excited about our toys, huh? I'm, yeah, I'm a techie <laughs> and I, I have to. I mean, like, it's like getting that new, I, getting that new iPhone or that new MacBook or, you know, whatever that piece, that gadget, you know, it's just, it's the, 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 it's, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of like Tim <laughs> Allen in the nineties. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> What's that Fred? I said, I completely understand what you're saying. Yes. So Andrew, um, you had a topic for us. You haven't told me or Fred what it is. You gave me a hint that it's going to be interesting. Uh, I won't share the word that you were going for, but what was triggered? your triggered? What <laughs> you want to talk about Don Jr.'s new book? No, I but, but I thought Fred had some uh, thread you guys were going to to talk on as well that you said was going to trigger me. But here, here I was just going to read something. That I'm sure Fred has seen. I'm sure he's probably even responded to. I had a couple of quotes that we used for the podcast that we were, that Bud and I recorded for what'll air tomorrow from the, from when we're airing this on red letter Christianity. And that, that, that alone, that word probably <laughs> triggers Fred. <laughs> so Fred, well, you know, his King James Bible is red letter, right? No, yeah, my, I never think. red letter from King James. What's I, that? I never liked red letters when they were supposed to be popular. Cause I thought, Hey, it's all God's word. I want to, you know, I want all of God's word, but oh well. anyway, go on, go on. Hey, so we could, we could play a game. We could, I'm going to give a quote when let's see if Fred could guess who this, who said it. <laughs> okay. Good. Ready? Where did Jesus restrict women from preaching or pastoring or leading or teaching officially? Please don't tell me Paul. Cause Paul ain't Jesus. I'll give you now, is that Beth Moore. No, there we go. Bingo. Jeremiah. So she also, I saw an interesting tweet about her recently. Um, it was, it was, it was between, I can't remember who it was that tweeted it, but then it was, uh, between her and our, and, and Scott Clark. And she was like, why does nobody see that she's a parody? Nobody sees it. How can you not see it? That she's a parody. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott's just like, yeah, we all wish that was the case. <laughs> She's the Titania McGrath of the evangelical world. If people know who Titania McGrath is. No, sorry. You don't know who to, uh, that's a parody account from the, the a radical ultra feminist. You'd have to, you have to go look up okay. Titania McGrath on Twitter. She, that, that's oh, you know, I think I have run across that. Yeah. Yes. Now that you mention it. Or the Alyssa Mayano. She's sort of like that too. Kind of says he's she's a self parody sort of bubble from her brain, and she puts it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, honey, that's not good. But, oh well. <laughs> yeah, but but so Fred, I'm sure that you probably responded to her. Already. I know that Beth Moore did respond to her. Beth Moore uh, and her seem to go back and forth. Um, really? Beth Moore, yeah, Beth Moore had won. Oh, did I close it? I may have closed it. Beth Moore had one that she said, call me crazy, but I, I sound like uh, I can't tolerate or I can't uh, listen to people who overemphasize Paul. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's like saying I can't tolerate people who over who overemphasize or Isaiah or, or Moses. 
Moses or anyone like that. I mean, it's just crazy. See, I can't tolerate a woman that twists the scriptures to justify her preaching. (laughs) That's probably the main thing that a lot of people get hung up on is there are terms in scripture that distinguish between the idea idea of preaching, which is proclamation of the gospel, and then teaching authoritatively doctrinal things in the church, you know, that kind of lead and give guidance to the body of Christ. And what Paul is forbidding is the second one. He's not forbidding a woman to go out and preach the gospel. No one, I mean, women do that all the time where they preach and talk to people about the gospel. We in our our English eyes. Were they not the first to do it? Well, yeah. When they came out from the empty tomb? They did. And they proclaimed, hey, Jesus is risen from the dead, which is the message of the gospel. Yeah. No one's saying that no woman can do that what they're saying is that a woman does not get up and teach doctrinal you know instruction in an authoritative manner from the church for the church to follow that's the idea mm-hmm. and they tend to get hung up or they they kind of conflate those two terms and it's like well all these other women preached yeah but they were not teaching doctrine they were you know they're just delivering a message to the apostles i mean anyone could have done that could have been a kid you know Mm-hmm. Well, but even with that, Fred, I mean, if we think about it, and this is an important thing when it comes to how to interpret the Bible, the fact that these women did this, right? They go in and they're, they're sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't see the scripture saying they com- that God commends this, right? So, so we just see it's descriptive. This is what actually happened. And, and the scripture is accurate. This is what happened. Right, right. The question is, where do you see women being encouraged in these positions. And this is the thing they always do. This is the straw man argument. The one you just brought up, they go, well, the women at the tomb, they went and shared the gospel. Well, no one's saying that they can't share the gospel. Yeah. But they weren't going into the synagogue and opening up the scriptures and reading from it. Exactly. They weren't going in front of a church and teaching on a, on a service, a worship service Sunday morning, or even a Saturday morning. So it's, they, they're, they conflate the two to say, well, preaching at church and preaching the gospel as if those are the same thing. And they do it because they know that everyone's going to say, well, yeah, of course a person can share the gospel with someone. And no, they're not going to get the disagreement. And it's like, well, see them. Why can't women can do everything men can do? Because God says they can't do this in the church. Mm-hmm. Therefore God says they can't. I mean, it's not us who cares about that. It's God who lays down the rules and it's kind of his church anyway. Yep. Exactly right on. It's a matter of what how serious you take the word of God as it's is it going to inform your life or inform your theology in that manner. And the fact that they kick against that demonstrates that this is something that they certainly are rebellious against. It's kind of sad. Well, Fred, let me ask you and, and Andy, have you seen them respond the way they do with this? Um, because sh- she'll say, Paul ain't Jesus. And then Joria Micah says, I'm a Christian, not a Paulian. Okay. So you, you, well, I you, should note that Jory Micah blocked me on Twitter long ago. Like early on, I got blocked. Yeah. And, well, and that's one of the things I'll, I'll give that quote in the, uh, there, there's one where Beth Moore says, you know, that she takes the criticism that she's proof texting serious. And I responded and said, if you take it serious, you'd stop blocking everyone that points it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, do you hear people complain about, well, 
you know, I'm not of John, I'm of Jesus. I'm not of Peter, I'm of Jesus. Or is it only Paul they seem to have an issue with? Right. Yep. That's a good point. Because I don't hear them say it with anyone else. And I think the only reason they do it with Paul is because Paul wrote two passages of scripture they don't like. That he wrote, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, that in all churches, women should be silent. And then he also wrote 1 Timothy 2, 12 and 14, where he makes it really clear women shouldn't teach or have authority over a man because Adam was created first and Eve sinned first. Boom, there you go. And they don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so they, they make the distinction, well, it's Paul versus Jesus's words are in red. Really? Actually, those aren't Jesus's words. He didn't write them. They are the memory written down from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you're going to say that those red letters are valuable and are more important than you're saying that what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote are valuable and more important than what Paul, because now you're going to have to say, how is, how is Matthew more important in writing than what Paul wrote? They're both inspired by the same Holy Spirit. So you, you can't put one above the other. Which probably goes back to their view of scripture. And if you believe that you can bifurcate between Paul and Jesus, as if Jesus is more authoritative than Paul, or that Paul was just an apostle and so he was just kind of given his opinion or whatever. I mean, automatically you've made, you're beginning to kind of fracture the Bible as far as its authority. Either it's all authoritative or it's not. And the a lot of people get kind of caught up on, you know, what they're trying to say that, well, I'm not a Pauline, I'm a Christian. But the issue is, is that, well, if you're a Christian, well, then you would also be a, follow what Paul said, because he spoke for Christ. Christ commissioned him to speak authoritatively for him. And they tend to dismiss that altogether. It's not even an issue for them. And as a result, they have a very low view of scripture, very low view of its authority in our life, which is uh, really telling and probably drives a lot of the way they argue. And can't you, like, don't you, in order to get to this bifurcation between Jesus and, and Paul or, or anybody else in the New Testament, don't, you, don't they already, haven't they already bifurcated in saying that the New Testament and the Old Testament are inherently different in the old Testament is like no longer valid almost anymore. Yeah. I'm sure some of them will. I I, I don't, it's almost have to though. Don't you? Yeah. Well, the other thing that's kind of odd is that Jory Micah is an individual who is radically leftist in a lot of her theology. I mean, she's pro gay rights and all kinds of bizarro. She's sort of like where Rachel held Evans was before she died in the earlier this year. And um, that's where she is now. And so I don't know if she's trying to take up her mantle, (laughs) fill the void that she left on the internet. She's probably not as eloquent and pithy with her writing as Rachel Held Evans probably was, but they hold similar views. She's very feminist and which is diametrically opposed to a lot of what scripture teaches. Beth Moore, on the other hand, supposed to be conservative. Supposed supposed to to be. Supposed to be a Southern Baptist conservative, and you know the fact that they see eye to eye on a lot of things is rather troubling. If you're someone, who well, it's telling. It. It's definitely telling. It's telling. Yes. I mean, um, p- people who have followed Beth Moore for you know, the last couple decades will know that Beth Moore is not being inconsistent there. She's just right. a little bit more cunning in how she disguises some of her less popular theology. Well, I, mean, me- I know. Yeah, yeah. 
let me give for just for support for what Fred said, let me give you one of what Joya Micah has put out on Facebook. This is back May 14th of 2017. <clears throat> if anyone is offended by God being called mother, I'd question their intimacy with God as well as their view of women who were created in God's image. God is not confined by scriptures. God is bigger than the Bible. We would never fit all aspects of God into one book written in a patriarchal times by all men. But even with the Bible being bathed in patriarchy, we still see God referred to as mother in metaphors. And I'm like, whoa, where was that? But the only one I can think of is when Jesus said that uh, I would have gathered you as a hen gathers his chick under the wings, you know, but that's a stretch. That's a, that's a real stretch. But, but you look at what she say, like, you know, here's the thing. She's, she's going to question the intimacy of anybody who is offended by God calling himself father. I mean, here's the thing I, I would love to ask her. And I did a, a daily uh, rap report daily, the, the two minute podcast on this. And I mean, if you want, I could, I could play it, but I basically said this for someone like Joya Micah, here's a simple question. Do you believe people should be uh, use the label, the pronoun that someone identifies? And she would, I'm sure say yes to that of which I would say, well, God identifies as a male. So stop calling him mother. He, ref- he calls himself father. Stop calling him mother. Right. It, it, it's really, you know, like, cause the rest of it, she ends up saying that, you know, God only calls himself father because he wants to make a relational aspect. And it's like, well, which parent do people think of as more relational father or mother? <laughs> yeah. Right? If, if he's doing it to be relational, wouldn't he call himself mother? Mm-hmm. I mean, so she's going to call into question anybody, the, the salvation of anybody who who's offended by Jesus being called by the pronoun that he actually refers himself by. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, um, not to dwell on this particular topic too long, but to kind of uh, transition to something in this, I would say same category. Um, Fred, you had tweeted just in the last few days, kind of uh, retweeted or quote tweeted a thread by a guy writing about uh, this large mega church in Naples, Florida. And it seemed to be kind of a similar, you know, cultural issues in invading the church kind of thing. Yes. Uh, that tweet thread was from John Harris. And I think his podcast, which I would commend to anyone to listen to, go seek him out. Um, it's called Worldview Conversations or something like that is the name of it. Uh, John Harris, and I think he spells his first name J-O-N. So if you ever have the opportunity to go and uh, look him up on the internet, go to he's um, I've appreciated a lot of his stuff that he's kind of investigating. He was a guy who uh, graduated, I think, from um, Southern uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, where Danny Aiken is the current president. And um, he just saw some alarming trends in that seminary that was really going uh, adopting sort of this woke uh, this woke trajectory that's happening in the church where they're claiming systemic racism and they're promoting social justice and a lot of sort of left-leaning ideas within evangelicalism. And he's been uh, just sort of documenting this. And one of the things that he documented recently, and this is not something that's new, this has been going on for a few weeks, but I mean, I actually saw a tweet thread 
um, some time ago where these guys were sort of talking about this um, church that apparently, I mean, on the surface, they were claiming that these members of this church refused to vote in this new pastor because he was a black guy. And so the idea was that, oh, well, you have these racist people in this church who um, are obviously against him and prejudiced because he's a black guy. And I think he's married to a white girl and they have a mixed family. So obviously this is Southern racism and it's something that needs to be dealt with and disciplined. And then from that tweet thread, um, it kind of exploded because I saw other people um, making note that there was no proof of any kind of racism. It was, these people were very concerned because this particular candidate had a lot of things that he was saying positively on social media for uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, he was retweeting and um, citing Kamala Harris, who's the Democratic presidential candidate who'll probably flop here in the next few weeks and have to leave the race. But nonetheless, she's extremely liberal. She's from California, and he was quoting her favorably. Um, they were concerned about some of the ways that he was going to change around the structure of the home Bible studies and other things within the church. And I just believed that he was not really qualified to lead this big mega church. So they voted against him and the leadership or the, I think in the Southern Baptist Church, they have a pastor or a search committee that looks for a pastor or something. They all charged him with racism because they had to have a certain percentage. I think they had to have 85% approval of the congregation or something to get him to be the new pastor. And they only made like 81%. So they fell just a few percentage points short and so they had to go back and you know but the whole way they handled it was like let's discipline these troublemakers out of the church because they don't want to go our social justice direction with this guy and it's caused some major problems and these guys uh, some of the members who were getting smeared as racist have been releasing um, just internal emails and uh, you know just information that's not being made public that is basically demonstrating that these people are trying to take hijack this megachurch. Um, kind of found out that the previous pastor who had been there for like 27 or 28 years or something was sort of forced into an early retirement by these people who were looking for a new pastor and it's just this whole uh, trend now where you have these churches that are wanting to embrace this um, social justice mentality uh, in order to, you know, to appear like, oh, hey, we're really in, we're on top of things, we're progressive, we're dealing with all of our racist past and all that sort of thing. And in the process, they're basically, I guess, jettisoning the authority of God's word and just the leader, the, the direction that the not really wanting to pastor the members and give discipleship to these things or just sort of ram ramrodding this thing in. Um, I don't know where exactly it's standing right now. Um, John Harris, I've retweeted that thing or that tweet thread because he uh, and a group of people are going to go down and just film some of the members who got excommunicated. And I think that was kind of interesting too, is uh, that that's where I picked the up ones that. who were troublemakers, you know, you know, called racist were um, kicked out of the church. Now I've been in Southern Baptist churches for a while early on in my Christian life. 
Southern Baptist churches rarely, if ever, practice any kind of church discipline. So the fact that this church moved so swiftly to silence these people and to get them out of their church and to practice, well, they basically went and circumvented the the means of church discipline. There wasn't any, you know, Matthew 18 practiced or anything. Um, they basically just kicked them out. And, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty amazing situation in a Southern Baptist church. So I'm not sure where it's going to go. I mean, it's apparently this is a major flagship church in Florida. Um, I'm not really sure where Naples is geographically. Naples is uh, is uh, west coast, south of um, like Fort Myers. Yeah, how far is that down the Panhandle? It's quite a it's quite a ways down. It's almost down. You know, you're out, you're still on the west side, but you go far much farther south, you're going to start curving to the east. I mean, it's down yeah. practically in the Everglades. You know, it's it's down yeah, there. Okay. Well, this this church apparently is a huge mega church down there, and they have a lot of sway with politics and other things like that. So the people who were kicked out and these members who they just felt that, hey, we're being betrayed here. They're taking our church into a direction that we're not comfortable with. And the fact that they stood up and said, no, we don't want to go this way because we don't want this guy as our pastor. And the way that they were just sort of turned on by the leadership as, you know, being racist because they didn't vote for him. That's really bad. And uh, and hopefully this is not going to be a trend in other places in the United States, but I guarantee you it probably will. You see more churches going in this direction, and when the membership stands up against it, they're going to be smeared as, you know, being uh, racist or whatever. It was homophobic, probably in some cases. So that's kind of that whole issue. But they're going to do that because they got the culture on their side to say, oh yeah, this is this is perfectly acceptable to claim someone's a racist when because they're redefining race i mean the 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 term racism no longer has a meaning it means whatever a group of people that want to run the country say it means so if if you don't vote a certain way you're racist if you're if you have lots of melanin in your skin but you stand up against like the Democrat party, you're racist. If you speak up against being woke and the social justice constant, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I can't grow up. I'm a victim. Oh, I'm always being oppressed by somebody, you know, then you're a racist. I mean, everything is racism because they found some trigger term that just sets everybody off. I, you know, I got into a dialogue with someone online that they were speaking about Trump and they were saying he's a racist. I said, can you give me one specific thing? that you think he did that's racist and they just mentioned some name of a town and i'm like well that's not a specific thing that's mm-hmm. that's the name of a town that yeah. doesn't you're proving my point you don't have anything specific and so what she do she removed her original comment that mentioned the town yeah. <laughs> right. and so it's like okay so you're going to continue to say he's racist but you don't have any basis for it but they don't care anymore that this is the thing that's so troubling Nobody cares that there's no support for the claims. It's just if a claim is made, then you are supposed to somehow just accept that that claim must be true. Yeah. Unless, of course, you make a claim against, uh, you know, some woke Christian or woke person who therefore they can't be racist. They can't be wrong. They're, you know, they're in the right because they're a social justice warrior. Yeah, it's like almost a like we've got this caste system now within not uh, the greater culture for one, but even with 
weaving its way into the church that there are untouchables. I mean, it's kind of the opposite side of the cast, but anyway, you, you've got people who are kind of above it all and, and, and the, the, you, you cannot speak ill of them. They, they can do whatever. And then you've got others that like, you can't speak well of them, no matter what they did. It, it's terrible. Right. Right. It is. It's really bizarre uh, times that we're living in. And, um, and then, in, and then part of that too, is if those individuals get into their crosshairs, well, then they're going to try to counsel, you know, do the cancel culture thing where they're trying to shut you down on social media or yeah. they're going to go after your employer or, you know, any boycotts, of your social yeah. and you have boycotts. Hey, he said something that offended me and you need to deal with this guy. And I'm like, really? <laughs> well, why? Because this guy offended you on Twitter of all places. Really? I just, I don't, I just don't get it. I'm actually pretty encouraged lately that um, even though this seems to go on a lot, I think more and more kind of the silent majority is pushing back against it. And people are waking up and saying, look, this is, this just isn't right anymore. You know, we've done, we've had enough of that. Yeah, but it's, it won't happen. I'll tell you, look at the history of, of Nazi Germany. I know whenever you bring that up, everyone goes, Oh, that you can't bring that up because it's such an extreme. And it's like, well, if you're repeating that history, why can't we bring it up? Because there's a reason that Jewish people teach their children all about it so that it doesn't happen again. And it is happening again. It's just not the Jewish people. It's the Christians. Mm -hmm. What you end up seeing here is we have the, in Nazi Germany was one of the first things they had to do. You couldn't have Jewish people teaching the next generation because they weren't fully human. You couldn't have them in office, political office, because they, they would have say in legal votes. You couldn't have them as judges or lawyers, because again, that, that could influence the legal system. So you had to get them out of any position of influence, position where they had say in the culture. And then what do you have? You had them going after businesses. Well, you, you shouldn't buy it at their businesses. You shouldn't allow them to, to sell anything you you know so it goes after the businesses well we're already seeing those things in america you yeah. already have a guy who's running for office okay bernie sanders who would turn to a christian and say well you you in your sunday school lessons you said that uh christianity is the only way so would you would you say that islam is wrong it's like well wouldn't the muslims say that christianity is wrong yes but you don't ask that of the muslim no Right? Wasn't so, that a, a judicial nominee that he said correct. that to? That's yeah, I remember that, yeah. And okay. so he, the whole thing is you can't, he, he can't, and what would Bernie Sanders say? We can't have a person that makes decisions like like this in this kind of position. And he's doing that with just a religious view, but you're seeing it even stronger when it comes to same-sex marriage and accepting genders and all this. It's If you, if you don't accept this, this thing that's only within the last like 20 years, yeah. right? It, it, this hasn't been an issue, this, especially the gender, same-sex marriage. Well, gender that's something hasn't been anything in the last 10 years. I'm yet, seeing now, like, I, I, the, as the church largely is kind of trying to almost warm to that and be more culture-like, it seems like the church is always five to 10 years behind the culture on, on everything, you know? And, and as we see people that are trying to, to, to justify that and try to, figure out how we can integrate that in our own values, not us, but you know, the, the, the type of churches that we're talking about, I'm starting to see the culture finally kind of get to their breaking point where they realize, Oh, this is just crazy. You can't, yeah. it, 
You're not yeah, hearing I'll, I'll it quite as much. No. I'll tell you why I say no. They're not at their breaking point. You know why? We have a complete sham going on in an impeachment process over something that every single witness has admitted that they've come up, that there's no bribery, no demand for, you know, an investigation there. I mean, like, but I'm even encouraged that, by that because people are seeing right through that. No, but the only people that don't see through it are the ones that don't want to see through it. Well, yeah, but see, the thing is, is that when you remove people that from the position of influence, teachers, lawyers, judges, politicians, and you say they don't have a right, then it doesn't matter if they wake up. By the time they wake up, it's too late. Like, I mean, we're still well, that, at time I don't disagree a, with that. I don't disagree yeah, with that. We still have a chance right now, but but that that's getting much smaller yeah. and disappearing very well, quickly. And, and honestly, we, we really need to be on our knees for that because the only way that's going to change is through through divine intervention. Well, prayer and the gospel. I mean, we here's the thing. If Christians spent as much time sharing the gospel as they do watching Fox News, mm-hmm. we'd be in a better position. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to circle back to this, Andrew, but um, we're 33 minutes in and uh, I would like to take a short break. And we talked about um, beforehand uh, a particular break that we're going to do. I'm going to give it to you to do our break today. Are you, if you're ready for that? Sure. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. You're going to talk about the Christian podcasting community, which I'm told that I'm going to be a part of pretty soon. I haven't well, you, well, you are. Yet. <laughs> By the time this airs, you, you will. You know, the only thing we haven't gotten is that with the new website, we just haven't gotten you on there. But uh. you're part of us, right? But um, yeah, so we have a theological and evangelical giveaway. Uh, quite a number of we have over seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of books, DVDs, CDs, flash drives, tons of resources that we're giving away, and we're going to be doing this for December. And also for January and then into February, so the middle of February. So um, I think I think the website is because we're actually doing this and we haven't dropped the website yet. <laughs> but but the, I'm sure the website will be in the show notes. But yep. it should be podcasts plural podcasts.strivingforeternity.org/contest. Okay. If we find something simple simpler than that, we will find it. Um, but if you if you go to either strivingfortrain.org or uh, christianpodcastcommunity.org, I'm sure we're going to have it highlighted on there. But we we have a ton of ways to, that you can enter uh, through sharing things on online, through subscribing to podcasts. But we're going to run this through. Well, why don't we before we talk about the contest? Why don't you talk about what the Christian Podcast Community is first of all? Because ah, I haven't talked about that with my listeners, and we need. That them to understand what you're talking about there before you can talk about the contest. Okay. So the Christian podcast community is basically a community of podcasters, not a network because we at at striving for don't own the content. We just are basically providing the way for people to join together and mutually promote one another and get to know one another as Christian podcasters. And basically we're really restrictive. So we we don't just accept anyone. Well, you can't be too restrictive because you let me in, or at least you said you're going to. (laughs) <laughs> well, we, the, the issue is, is we've actually turned away a number of people. Now there's some, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll trigger Fred again. Cause this will be fun. We, we actually had, there is a podcast. I'm not going to give the name. There actually is a podcast and it's done by two pastors. One of the pastors um, 
and this is just hard to conceive of, but this pastor who claims to be a pastor, uh, while he was pastoring a church, when he got into pastoring a church, he still had ownership of an adult video store. Okay. And he <laughs> wanted to be in the Christian podcast. Community? Yeah. We said, uh, no, I listened to a bunch of his early podcasts and I'm like, dude, you are so out there. <laughs> like, no, you're not a pastor. No, you're not even a Christian to think that like these two can go along. He was, he was a worship leader while, while going to work. So there are craziness out there, not just the Joel Steens, but, but we're, we're actually really restrictive and we don't, uh, we don't let just anyone in. We have a, a process, as you know, you went through it mm-hmm. uh, where you get interviewed and it goes through kind of a committee. And But in your case, we kind of all knew who you were because we've all been listening to you for years. <laughs> Almost <laughs> like, 12 years. Yeah. So we, we it's just really a bunch of a way that a bunch of Christian podcasters can get together, promote one another mm-hmm. and be able to to dialogue and have some some, you know, just some be able to communicate and uh I guess really so that we would be able to work off of each other's better qualities, help each other out when there's need. There's things that, you know, you copied me on getting a roadcaster. Um, (laughs) Well, you didn't tell me it existed. I would have bought it a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that's why you needed to get in the community earlier. (laughs) Well, I I still haven't gotten my credentials to get into the website. Yeah. uh, Yes, you do. Yes, you do. On the new website you do, but, but we 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 haven't sent it to me yet. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) Well, can I? Um, but yeah, if you go to, uh, Christian podcast community.org, you see all the podcasts that are out there. If you go there, you'll see all the shows. We, we actually have, you're not the only one. There's about five or six that have been on the holding pattern waiting for the new website. So okay. by the time this drops, hopefully we'll have you and everyone else in there and it'll, it'll be good. But and we, I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I think you call me an affiliate member because you do hosting too. And since I've been around for almost 12 years, I've kind of got the hosting down and I'm just going to stay with what I've got, but so that Not I'm, for long. I, I'm an affiliate member. Services, we're going to get you where you're going to go. No, no, no. I want those services. But uh. yeah, we do. We do have a bunch of things that we, the, the whole reason this is what's different with a community versus a network is that you can have your own hosting and we don't own your content. We don't control but you still can be affiliated with us. And so, yeah, that's the only distinction we end up making. And on the new website, you don't see that distinction anywhere. Okay. Um, it's really just in the services that, um, that get provided, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, some of the things that we have where you could do the, the audiograms and things like that. But, um, yeah. well, know, this is something I've been looking for and looking forward to for a long time. And, um, I, for years I've been trying to find other friends that are podcasters that I can kind of help out. And, um, so I'm, I'm really happy to be coming part of this because I want to help to promote other good podcasters. You know, I go back, um, you look at Landon Chapman, who's been, hasn't been podcasting for three or four years now. He, he had, um, fire away and, um, you know, we were promoting each other's podcasts for quite a while and stuff. And so this goes back quite a while before, long before, Christian podcast community came about that, that I've been looking for something like this. And so I'm really happy that it's getting put together and that you've done that and, and happy to be a part of it. And so well, going well, forward, you're going to, the, the audience is going to hear more spots where I'm going to be dropping in promos for good podcasts, you know, small podcasts and stuff. And that's going to be one of the fruits that's going to come out of this is that we're going to be a little bit easier for me to, to, for me to find them and then to promote them too. And hopefully they'll, some of them will become guests in future episodes too. You, you got to get Jamal Bandy on. Uh, yeah. You know, I listened to that episode last 
spring or summer, I was mowing the lawn listening to that one, and he was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Fred, I don't know if you've heard of Jamal Bandy. He's he's with Prescribed Truth, but go go on, go on to I'm at your site right now. Actually, <laughs> as you were talking, I logged in to. Well, I mean, I pulled it up, so it's if you actually go, right on my screen right now. <laughs> if you go to Prescribed oh, Truth, go to his YouTube channel, and he has a series of videos called Woke Brother. Oh, dude, they are hysterical. This is an African-American guy who's basically calling out all this woke behavior. And, and he does a mockery of being woke. And he's gotten such a wide range of responses where some people think he's serious. And they're like calling him out because he's, he's you know, bad influence on wokeness, on the whole social justice stuff. And then he's got people that are thinking he's serious. And like, they're like, you know, you need to repent. Of this stuff. <laughs> it's so serious, But he's like, he's put us up articles that are in the newspaper. And they're like about things like um, that African-Americans are fat because of white privilege. And he's like, you see this? This isn't because I stuffed my face. It's because of your white privilege. <laughs> Dude, it is hysterical. Uh, but you, 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 he is, he is funny. Uh, you got to get him on doing the woke brother. That is, that's a great series he does. So that's the Christian podcast community. And then you go, let's go back to the contest. You're, yeah, so the contest is just something we're doing to try to promote all the podcasts on the community with the new website. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we wanted to get this out so people can check out the new website, check out all the podcasts. There, by the time this drops, there's going to be like 20 podcasts, I think, up there. Cool. Um, and, and most of them are people I never knew beforehand. They came in contact. We actually, we actually had a plan to like reach out to podcasters, and we haven't gotten there yet because people <laughs> keep coming to us, and we're like, okay, we'll, we'll add you in, and then we'll keep trying to – get things going. Yeah. And so it's been growing faster than we've had a chance to kind of keep up with it. But mm -hmm. we're giving, doing a giveaway and it's basically going to be like, I think there's going to be almost probably a hundred ways you can enter um, to get all these books. And, and actually, I think you even said you might donate some books to it. So maybe yeah, I've got some, uh, I think I could throw in a few copies of Jerusalem's King because it's, it's a film that I have on hand and um, Ryan keeps giving me whenever I ask for some copies, he gives them to me and something that I helped to produce and um, actually have helped a little bit working on this, the sequel, which we're hoping is going to be out uh, sometime maybe next year. Maybe and, we'll get your logic DVDs. Ah, well, I haven't, yeah. I could put the ones, you know, I redid a lot of my logic stuff and put it on YouTube. So I wouldn't recommend the DVDs. Just, uh, just go to the YouTube page <laughs> and see the, Wait, if you add stuff in, I mean, we're, we have over $750 worth of stuff right now. And, and as people keep adding to it, by the time we go, by the time January uh, 1st, sorry, December 1st comes out, because we're recording this in November, but by the time December 1st comes, we may have that over $1,000 worth of, of materials mm -hmm. because it just keeps growing. Now, cool. Fred would be happy to know there's a lot of MacArthur in there. We got MacArthur Study Bible. We got, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember all of, we, we got several yeah, MacArthur. Speaking of, Fred, I just got the book that you guys sent out like last week. You were sending out another book as a oh, bunch of yeah, essays. I the, uh, I, it was supposed to be a, a, a fresh threat or whatever they call it. What? You know, that's, that's that German. <laughs> that's you, you, you said you were going to sign one for me, and I've yet to get one of those books that's signed by Fred. You know something? Signed by Fred? And I even put, like, when it. I sent my thing back, I, I put attention Fred Butler on there. You did, and someone gave that to me. Go, isn't that nice? He knows the work here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 
So you you wanted me to sign it, or do you want John to sign it? You said you were going to sign it. I could do that. We've got another book coming out in February, I think, or sometime All right. soon. Well, I'm still waiting. You told me if, um, if you it. saw my stuff come across that you were going to sign it for me. And I, no, I've been waiting. I got two or three of those books now, and I still haven't got a Fred Butler now signature. like 10,000 people I got to mail. You know, yeah. when, when you go to well, like you just said, you actually got mine. Somebody brought it over to you. I'll do it again. Well, they brought you my... Um, you sent you sent in the little thing. Yeah, the little fill out they, the form. Then they put yes, and then they put that into the computer, and then they brought oh. me the coupon and just showed it to me. Now, when your name is in there in a big pile of other people, oh, okay, I've got to run that, and it comes out into a mailing label, and that's when I would have to find it. Oh, and go. Oh, so do I need to put a separate note in there? Please hand this to Fred Butler. Or? <laughs> I don't know how you would do that. Okay. Uh, We'll see what we can do. And you want me to sign it personally? Well, that's what you said you'd do when I first, I wasn't sure what this program was about a year ago. And I was asking people like, everybody says they're getting these free books and they're like, yeah, all you got to do is send a little thing back to grace to you and you get these free books. We've got a couple of free books coming out next year. Cool. I can't remember which ones. Well, you usually, don't you usually do one right before um, ShepCon? They do. Yeah. Um, And then when you do like your strange fires and stuff. Yeah, the next one has to do with the atonement. I can't remember exactly what the working title is on it. Okay. And then there's another one next year, um, towards the end of the year that we're doing. And I know that um, we have this wor- a really good working relationship with Legionnaire, and they have been doing a thing where they basically <clears throat> pull together all of John's various talks and sermons and messages he's given at the Legionnaire conferences mm-hmm. it used to be Legionnaire and they might still do this. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Well, I get stuff from them too. They'll say like for a donation of any amount, you know, they'll send yeah, like a Romans eight on with Sinclair Ferguson right. or whatever. Well, they used to do the thing where they would have regional conferences. Yeah. So they did stuff in the Pacific Northwest and the Northeast and they used to be down in San Diego all the time. So John well, that was before RC's health went down. And- yeah. And um, yeah, exactly. And his, so they have a lot of material. So they've been pulling together John's stuff on various topics. So I think the okay. next one is it might be on um, it might be on evangelism or something like that. I can't remember the one of these little hardback books that they give away, and they give us a bunch of them, and we we run a radio uh, offer for those people. Yeah. And so if you call in and you can get a copy of it and uh, okay. it helps them, it helps us. And By the way, Andrew, I think we're done with the spot. I think we <laughs> drifted past that. But, <laughs> but as long, long as we're talking about good good giveaways and stuff, I wanted hey, to share something. Free books. If you're talking about free books, huh? I'm Jewish. I'm all for that. Well, you know? yeah, and I wanted to talk about a, a free book thing. And um, I'm sorry, Fred, that I'm going to be doing you a disservice with this. But um, I did two episodes in a row where I had a book giveaway. And because the second one with Alan Nelson, um, the deadline is December 1st. And we're recording on November 20, is it 23rd? Yeah, 23rd. So 23rd. I got another week before that I'm even going to draw for that. So, But th- there's one copy that we're giving away. Alan's going to give it away. He's just going to send it out to the winner. And, but before that... Um, we had a gift, a, a giveaway, and uh, Jim Osmond gave me five copies of his book. And I just wanted to share to, to listeners, viewers, like you really need to 
put your name in there. Cause when I got Jim Osmond's book, I had one person specifically say, what I, could you please put me in the, in the drawing for that book? And, but he gave me five copies. So I'm like, okay, I got it. I can't hold on to four of them. So I had to go like get very creative with how am I going to give away some more copies? And he did say, well, you know, you, you can keep one for yourself or give them all away. I don't care. So I gave four away. I've got another copy of his book, but then with, hey, wait, can I enter that contest for Jim's book? That no, that one's done. And he said, no, he said, no, you weren't. He says, Andrew Rappaport, you got to go listen to that episode. He said, Andrew Rappaport is not allowed in that one. Oh yeah, that's right. He did say that. Didn't so he? yeah. So, and the, and the reason he said that is because I actually interviewed him and, and to this date, I've pretended like I've never read his book. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he's like, really? I'm saying he's, he actually on his next book, he's like, he wanted me to write a, uh, a, a, a thing on it, you know, a little review. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, I'll be glad to. I'll say, I haven't really read this, but it's, I'm sure it's a great <laughs> So where I'm doing a Fred a disservice now is that this next one with Alan Nelson is still ongoing. But I, again, I've gotten one person has specifically asked, can, can I be in that book giveaway? And if nobody asks, else asks to be in it, this guy right here is going to get that book. So <laughs> it, your odds are, it's don't, not like, Fred, buying, it's enter, not like the Fred, lottery don't here. Enter. It's don't not, enter Fred. Well, Fred's <laughs> disqualified now. This would be like insider trading. And that's I'm why I said, already, I'm, I already have a copy of that. Book. Okay. Well, good. Cause I, I, I felt like, you know, it's going to be almost like insider trading now. Cause Fred's going to be the <laughs> only one that will hear that before the drawing. But uh, so, yeah, so I mean, I, the odds it's, are good. It's not really, it's not really rigged the way Chris Honholds rigs things. You know, I, I had a contest and I only entered him and then I closed the, so that, that's, that was rigged, but I say he put me up to it. Well, you know, he got one of the uh, Jim Osmond's books because I was tweeting with you and I said something I had mentioned before that, you know, I had recorded with him, but I hadn't edited it or posted it yet. And I had said uh, to you on Twitter, Jim said, you're not allowed to be in this drawing. And, and, and Chris saw that pop up. So he puts this little gif of a guy like looking up over a wall and he's like, book giveaway. (laughs) <laughs> and I had to go back and I'm like, I got four copies that I got to give away. And I only have one entry. So I went, I, I wrote because he's been a guest and I, I've sent stuff to Wait, Chris so before I had his address. Arnold won that contest too? Yeah, he won that one. I, three or four contests yeah. that he's won in the last few And I, I typed up a little letter and explained to him, congratulations, you're a winner in a contest you didn't even know you entered. <laughs> <laughs> And that's so, how, that's no, how no, the Chris, odds are with Chris, these things. And that's why I say Chris like. He tries to enter like every contest and he tries so hard to win But he them. gets big stuff to he Didn't he get like a thousand dollar like theology no, book? He got, yeah, he, he got, no, what he got was the, a, a calfskin reader's Bible, ESV Bible set in a, in a walnut uh, wood case. And, and he was saying he was going to give up. He, it was like, he's tired of doing these contests because he never wins. And then he won that thing. And now and, he's back in. <laughs> yeah, so now he's totally back in because he he's won like one. that guy that sits at the gas station counter doing the scratch offs because he won two dollars off a one dollar ticket. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, your odds are better even than those scratch offs, let alone the big like lottery, you know, which nobody should be playing. But anyway, <laughs> you should get your names into the Echo Zoe book giveaways because you're going to be competing with like Andrew. Yeah, well, how but about it's too a, late. How about- 
how about if I give a couple copies of What Do We Believe Away? That. Now, Fred can Fred enter. Hmm. But one? we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, no, not that one that you're seeing on screen over here now because that says What Do They Believe? But the one that'll pop up soon, it's actually right if we're looking on the screen right there where my finger is. What oh. Do We Believe? Okay. So I'll give you, I'll send you three copies of What Do We Believe? And you can give them away. So anybody who enters, however you want to do that contest. All right. Well, I wasn't planning on, you know, because this wasn't a book related show. You want, signed, you want signed copies? I'll give you some signed copies. Well, let's see here. I you think... want autographed copies to give away? Are you going to send them to me or are you going to just have me tell you who, like Alan, just, I'm just going to tell Alan that you won and he's going to send it to you. <laughs> well, whatever you want. I'd, I'd, I'll send them to you and then you have the, the, I found it. Let's see here. I... He's like paging through it. He, he couldn't find it right away, which tells you he doesn't use it as the quick reference that it was meant to be. Uh, <laughs> it's so thin compared to the rest of the books. I, this one's not signed either. How come you're... I don't know, Andrew. Oh. You didn't ask for that one to be signed. It doesn't look like I have the other book because the other one's not next to it. I, I would put them next to each other. I don't have the... Well, now this one's up on the screen there, right? Yeah, like I right behind it. my head, right there. I, I That's this one. I don't have the other one that's back right here. Well, see, that, that's going to be great on audio as you're pointing, as we're like pointing yeah, on. Yeah, people are migrating to video. They are migrating <laughs> to video. No, see, this is the thing. This is a, you know, Fred, I'm sure you picked up on what Andy's doing. It is a ploy to get people who are listening to the podcast <laughs> to now go over to the video to see what's then happening. Then I get I double credit because they downloaded the audio and then they're hearing yeah. about the video. So then they're going to get, then they'll get the yeah. views on the video too. But you I mean, know what? I'm afraid that that's going to go away soon because now YouTube is starting to hint that they're going to get rid of any channels that they can't commercialize. And I don't well, no, no, not that they can't commercialize, that they don't think have commercial value. Yeah. Now, they haven't said how they define that. Right. Right. Well, that's so I guess a, Christian's not going to have commercial value probably. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know lessons in logic that doesn't have ads is not going to have commercial value. Yeah. So, so what were we talking about 20 minutes ago before we started our ad? Yeah, I hope <laughs> edit a lot of that stuff out. We were Man. talking about um, Michelle Leslie having the right view of women wearing leggings. <laughs> Fred oh, wow. went back and listened to 11 episodes, and he's like, by golly, we were going to talk about past episodes. I'm I'm getting leggings into another well, Fred, episode. Fred is doing that because last year I, I I listened to all eleven from last year, and so Fred did that. And Fred this year. didn't last so, year. So, yeah, yeah. So he's making sure that he's getting that in this year. I understand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to make. But you told smile. me at the beginning you wanted to talk about two kingdoms. Oh, let's talk that. Yeah. Just before we hit record, you said, I want to talk about two kingdoms. Oh, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that. I See, mean, I I, Fred's I, getting old. That was like, you know, an hour I'm ago. He's talking to you. Yeah. My timer says 55 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> are there people still hanging with this or are they just kind of. No, they all switched over to. 
That's striving for um, eternity page because they're looking up better web what better podcasts yeah. to listen to right now. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, the two kingdom thing was very well done, and um, I appreciated um, Pat's take on that. I I find it kind of interesting that they would call it two kingdom theology as if it's some kind of theology on its own when. I've always kind of seen that as just biblical Christianity because of yeah. And if I if I remember here. right, we were that was based on somebody else's book. Can't remember who wrote the book. Oh, that it's we a talked. guy who uh, was it Duren Van Duren or something Van like Duren? that. I've not read that book. Yeah, well, I'm not a big fan of a lot of stuff that comes out of Escondido, but <laughs> that sounded okay. I mean, I, he's articulating something that I would already kind of agree with. Yeah that and my only i guess my only concern call it a concern is just we, we want to make sure that um because i think sometimes people will use the kingdom as a crutch not to be engaged in like <clears throat> in order to get away with worldly culture stuff well that's the world that's you know that's that's you know the world's kingdom and i'm still over here i can go to church and i'm yeah. good and all that sort of thing but there so i can do this thing or Usually it falls into politics where it's like, well, I can, you know, I can, uh, you know, I am allowed to vote for these bad people because, you know, the bad people will represent the world, the kingdom. And yeah. I'm just, I'm over here at church. I keep those separated. Well, and, I came out of it from, I, I mean, I benefited from that, from the opposite problem where, you know, I was kind of more like these people aren't like more pure than than any Christian I've ever known. And so I can't vote for them at all, you know? And, and this helped me to see that like, well, no, you can, you can vote. I mean, you kind of have to vote for unbelievers because we're such a small portion of the, you know, percentage of the population there. We're not going to get really good, solid believers running and especially not for the highest offices in the land. But, and this kind of freed me to say, look, I, they've, God is putting them in a different role. He's giving them a different job and it doesn't, it, it sure would be nice if they were believers, but really as long as they're restraining evil, that's really all the common kingdom is, right. is for. It's just to you're, restrain you're evil. If, if they're going to restrain evil, you know, um, you can, you can like vote your conscience a lot. It's a lot easier to vote your conscience that, okay, this unbeliever, he might, he might not talk the way I like, or he might not see the way I see things on a specific issue, but um, overall he's more likely to, to restrain evil. And so I can, I can go with that. Yeah. And then you're exactly right. And you make you vote or you engage culture with biblical lenses that help you evaluate what's going on and you make decisions based upon that. And, um, you know, you can, you know, you recognize, hey, these are sinners. Mm -hmm. He's not leading a church or this guy's not doing this. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have him teaching a Bible study, but I am having him manage, you know, local government or whatever. And it's going to be um, something that uh, he'll do well and he'll make right decisions that are wise as far as the world's concerned and obviously intersect what I believe as a believer what the scriptures tell us and a lot of that has to do with like what i think pat sort of mentioned is we are created in god's image and obviously as image bearers you're going to have people who are going to live according to god's law to some extent 
though they don't do so oftentimes they do so inconsistency inconsistently and uh, do so without any kind of true justification as to why they live that way. It's just, oh, it's just rational and common sense. Well, that's because God's made you to think rationally and with common sense, um, yeah. unless he gets you over to judgment or something. But yeah, it's just, I thought that was quite excellent um, uh, distinction to just sort of be made and keep in mind is that, and Jesus even mentioned that in the parables where he talked about how you're going to have the tares growing up among the wheat and you know, kind of leave them until the end of the age and God will be the one who'll separate those things. Yeah. Um, Paul talks about being transferred uh, from the um, kingdom of darkness in Colossians, I think it's one thirteen, into the kingdom of his dear son. So we're still kind of here, even though spiritually we are currently members of Christ's kingdom. And that's not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be under or realized and fully until Christ returns and sets right. up a political kingdom and those two kingdoms kind of converge into one physical and spiritual. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's just, it was an insightful episode. I would encourage folks to kind of go back. Yeah. And, thanks for bringing that up too. To Cause to I, I really, I, I think I benefited from that episode. Um, I mean, just over the past 12 months, I, I, it's probably one of the most impactful for me is that discussion. And, um, I've been really struggling. I know I, I probably mentioned it's been, well, that was a February episode, I think. So it's been uh, 10 months since I put that one out. But um, I've been going, you know, in the last uh, two, three years, I've been really seeing things differently in, in how the world works and how, you know, my political views are are being refined. And um, I'm starting to see things a lot differently. And yeah. And that one helped me a lot because I was really struggling with some things where, you know, I, I'm a little bit more more open to political candidates that four or five years ago I would have said no way, you know. Um, and and one of the things that Pat said that, you know, I got in my – I put it in the show notes, so I got it here in my notes uh, that was really helpful was he, he talked about how we're commanded not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers in worship – you know, we always hear that, like, we shouldn't be unequally yoked and stuff. And people like to lump that in with, like, any setting, any context. Um, but scripturally, it says we're not supposed to be unequally yoked in worship. But we can work together with our neighbors um, to serve our other neighbors. And um, and I, and that's a lot where the common kingdom and the, the realm of politics ends up going, is trying, how do we help our unbelieving neighbors and with our other unbelieving neighbors? Right. And I think as believers, we would have obviously the ultimate best interest in mind because our our help or our thoughts are obviously informed by God's revelation mm-hmm. that's leading us to make and act wise wisely in the decisions that we make. And uh, and when you help your neighbors, you know, you're you're basically taking that opportunity to be in a way to evangelize them, train them to think biblically as well and you trust the holy spirit to maybe use those moments to convict them and draw them to you know so the holy spirit would bring them from one you know the fallen kingdom to the you know the biblical kingdom yeah so then when they're you know intersecting with our current world you know they're going to make the physical world a little better and the decisions they make and the way they live and i mean who wants to live in a I live in California, so <laughs> you have incompetency and in people who, in my opinion, shirk 
any kind of biblical wisdom, you have a lot of terrible things happen. You know, it's not a, it's not helpful. And the people of the world kind of recognize that. It's like, you know, we're living in, you know, in trashy neighborhoods and being taxed out of existence and all that. And it's like, well, look, you need to be thinking biblically as far as how you're going to live your life and the decisions you're going to make. And when you do, well, then that's going to obviously impact your neighborhood. I mean, yeah. just you can kind of see it with them. Um, we were, we had a school shooting here. Um, yeah, that popped oh, up in the news and then just like really quickly went away. Well, yeah, because that particular kid that did that shooting was actually opposite all of the little red flags that usually are marked. But they usually tend to be, but it takes them a little longer to figure that out. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, was it my, my, uh, my kids were just getting, pulling up to the school when that was going on. So they, um, you know, my friend who brought him to school raced away and, uh, you know, they were uh, calling me on the phone. Hey, we're having a school shooting. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, but it was over like in less than 10 seconds because that's how fast it happened. And uh, but what I thought was uh, interesting with all of that is um, how the kids afterwards, our, our sheriff's department, I mean, they were on that and they were there. They it was just are you saying your kids topic. go to that school? They go to that school. That's going to be another conversation. Wow. Yeah, they were pulling up to the little area where you drop kids off to go into the school. And they saw all this big mass of people running out. And so they were like, what's going on? There's a guy with a gun shooting people. And so they, uh, my, we carpool. So our uh, friend uh, was taking them that day. And she drove off into a neighborhood that's kind of there next to the school and got back over to where my my wife was and uh um you know they talked about it and but i mean it was like less than two minutes and the police and the sheriffs and our town here were on that uh i've never seen a community come together you know they've been very helpful In some ways i think they've been a little too helpful i think they were a little smothering of kids and wanting them to grieve too much when they don't really need to anymore but that's another discussion but mm-hmm. I, you know, that comes back to the fact that we live in a predominantly conservative Bible church going community. It might be nominal Christians. It might be the moral therapeutic deism kind of Christianity to some degree. Yeah. But people have a fear of God. They have a fear of the law enforcement. They want to do right. The kids were there shaking the hands of the sheriff's deputies as they were, you know, helping them get to the you know, to the sort of, I think they called it the uh, reunification point, which was a park down the road a little ways and where parents could pick up the kids and stuff. And then, so it's, you know, that shows you the fruits of a society that attempts to live biblically uh, in their kingdom of the world, I guess you could say, in in our current situation. Um, But this is one where we even like, like you're saying, they're they're they might a lot of them are probably mostly nominal Christians. They but they at least like pay lip service and understand. They they listen to their conscience, their God given conscience. They're they're not the Romans one types that uh, you know they they know right from wrong and they try to live that way. And right. um, in, we can do that with our unbelief, like our unbelieving neighbors, even the ones that are not even nominally Christian, but you know whether they be Muslim or Hindu or. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of 
I, I'm really astonished, like, how many Hindus we have in our neighbor, our area here in, in the Twin Cities metro, right. like, in the, in the particular couple of suburbs that I live in. It's, uh, but, um, you know, they at least tend to be, like, halfway decent people, you know. Right now, is it is it people from India? Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, there's a lot of like the engineering types and the doctors and whatnot, you know, they're, they're upper middle class that are coming in. And, um, I, you know, I take my kids to a karate a few times a week and like a lot of the kids in his class are you know from India or I think there's a few from China, but there's a lot of Indians, like India Indians and whatnot. And, and I live like a not that far, maybe five, six miles from the biggest Hindu temple in Minnesota. And I was kind of surprised to learn that. That goes back to another episode I did a few couple of years ago after I first moved in here, but being surprised by that. But, but generally I think overall, I mean, we, we look at Romans one and, and it's like, even though these guys are idolaters and they're, they're following false gods, they, at least they've, they've got their, they've got a conscience there and they're, they know like that, killing is wrong and stealing is wrong and um right. they're, they're living in romans 2 15 where they're the heathen that do they work the law out that's been obviously written on their heart because of being image bearers of god right and um you know they don't understand why they do <laughs> you know yep. uh, i think they do that inconsistency inconsistently but you know you mention it to them that's how you talk about them. It's like, well, why do you think stealing's wrong? I mean, where does it tell you in the Hindu God that, yeah, you know, whatever it might be, and you have those opportunities to share the gospel with them. Because yep. uh, I, I can guarantee you they all have sin issues. <laughs> they yep. probably you know, whatever that might be, whatever degree that's manifested. Yep. Andrew, you've been quiet for a little while. Oh, I've been enjoying the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, when, when Fred, when Fred Butler starts speaking, it's kind of one of those things you just kind of sit back and go, okay, I'm just going to listen. <laughs> you lost sleep whenever you uh, fall asleep. <laughs> no, no, but it, you know, it's, I, I was, I didn't know that that was your kid's school that I figured I'd, I'll get more, I want to get more details off air, but, but well, no, I, I was curious there too. Cause I, I know you were homeschooling forever. So I, I'm actually genuinely sure. surprised. Mom reached a point where it's like, you know, I have reached the limits to where homeschooling can take me with the older kids. Ah. <laughs> so now our concentration is on the two younger ones. Okay. Um, and so they're going to a classical school. Um, this is kind of interesting, too, who is primarily it's ran by a lady who is a Mormon. Okay. Lots of Catholics teach there. Is this like a charter um, school? A charter school. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a vendor with a charter school. Okay. Um, they try to keep it low key um, because the California doesn't, they're not big on charter schools and charter schools is a public school yeah. and they obviously can't favor religion or anything like that. So they try to keep it strictly, you know, secular base, but it's obviously based on biblical values, somewhat classical and it's educational sure. approach. And uh, um, we work with a lot of unbelievers, a lot of, unbelievers in the sense that they are they come from a false religious system uh-huh. and uh I, one of our teachers is married to napoleon dynamite that actor okay so i've seen him right my kids go to school with his kids kind of interesting and um the um that they're all mormon and catholics and so we've had a lot of great conversations with them it's been wonderful cool. uh sweet people and so you can again see the two kingdom yeah thing 
you know, because my wife will even say, wow, you know, that Mormon gal, she'll pray better than some Baptist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. And even though she knows it's false because her Jesus that she's worshiping is the wrong Jesus. Yeah. Um, but we like them. We love them. They're great folks, all of them. And I enjoy working with them. Cool. Uh, in spite of that, you know. So what yeah, happened I, with the shooting, though? Because, I mean, I didn't hear about it. So what happened that it suddenly went out of the news? What was that they figured out real quick about the shooter? Um, well, that kid only did. It's kind of. Well, I'll, I'm trying to think how I could. Well, uh, that kid came from a troubled family. His dad had died a couple of years ago, but his dad was an alcoholic. And um, he lived, I'm guessing, with his mom. And she's Japanese, and um, they don't really know what caused him to snap or even where he obtained the handgun because it, well, his dad had guns, but it wasn't one of his dad's guns, from what we understand. Not sure what his motive was. He just he took it on campus and basically uh, went to the area. Uh, there's a quad area that's kind of in between the buildings, sort of make like a big O shape, and then in the middle is kind of the quad area where kids will meet and hang out and so forth and um he went in there to kind of where he where his track friends were and just pulled a gun out and shot like a girl shot four or five kids two of them fatally and two of them were superficial wounds and then he shot himself he had six bullets in it five bullets two of them killed two people three of them um, my kids were normally passed through that area you know, they, my wife just providentially was five minutes late. So if she had been on time, they would have potentially been walking through wow. that area at wow. that exact moment. Um, one of our, our, my dear friend, um, their son, his friend was there and witnessed the whole entire thing. So he's still kind of still shook up about it. Um, I haven't really spoken with that young boy, but um yeah, it's just uh, the media shut it down because they couldn't pin this on conservatism and they couldn't nope, nope. do it on gun rights. Right, Drew, a gay kid wasn't the left. He did nothing on social media that alerted anyone to any kind of weird behavior. He hadn't said anything on Twitter, hadn't made any threats, was a straight A student. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm wondering, I wonder if he's like on some kind of for antidepressants because i know those drugs can mess with your mind you well know, that's that's what is consistent with almost all the the shootings we've seen you know, when we see these mass shootings they're almost always someone who's been on those those type of drugs for long periods of time and then they they don't want the dependency so they just take themselves off they don't go to a doctor and get off gradually and, you, and a lot of times because their doctors say you can't get ever get off so yeah, you know, i don't know if that's the case though that we i haven't heard and I think that, um, you know, and I think everybody was just sort of has the mind to, um, and again, this kind of comes back to our community, just want to rallying around the people whose kids died and they respected their wishes to not release their names at the time. He's like, we'll release their names when we're ready to do that. They had a vigil this past Sunday night um, at this big park and my boys went to that. And then Mike Abendroth's son Luke who's Pat's nephew um, he took a bunch of people he, he's at the Bible study my boys go to and um, they went there and they were going to hope to evangelize they didn't really get to do that as much because of just the, the crush of people that were there but 
um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a very good outpouring. So I guess because it didn't have the political people coming out and making a big stink about it and about gun control that it just sort of disappeared. Mm. Um, and then they canceled classes, which um, for the last week, two weeks. So next week they're off because of it being Thanksgiving holiday. But all last week they weren't going to school. So my kids were here. My two older boys were here. Uh, all the other schools went back to normal classes, except for that high school. So yeah, I mean, they just, I think they just try to clamp down on all the way the media sort of spins all that. So that could have been one of the reasons why you didn't, you only heard it for a couple of days and then it was a blip, you know. Um, but yeah, we've had some good conversations. Lots of Christians go to that school, a lot of grace people. Hmm. So pray for those kids as they go back after the oh. holidays. Maybe have some good conversations. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're an uh, hour and 16 minutes into recording and uh, for an hour long show. You've got show, a lot so. of editing. You cut all the hours. Well, I'm probably on. not going to edit. I, you know, that's kind of the record, you know, live to tape kind of thing. And with video, it's, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than it. Well, you but you think, can so. you can edit the audio. I mean, it's not live and it's not to tape. We've already established. I know, that. I know. <laughs> well, I find like it, I've got a workflow, and it, it's changed a little bit since I've been doing more video. Um, I used to do like I'd record the I, <clears throat> I would edit the audio, and then I would do the show notes while I was editing. So I kind of back and forth, and um, it's really hard to do as a, with video. I usually will just record. I will, I will edit the video. And when I'm editing video, I'm just changing camera angles. I'm just changing between what me speaking and, and what you see there. Um, and, and then I'll just spit out an MP3 file from the video and then I'll go back and do the show notes, like listen back at 1.7 or something, and just do some quick show notes and stuff. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it was decent conversation. I don't see any reason to chop it out. So I'll leave it. But um, well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, so uh, it's interesting. It certainly wasn't what I expected, but I enjoyed it. Are, are, is this going to be an annual thing that Fred and I get to be on Echo Zoe every December and I, wrap up your year or what? I, I, I We'll see. I enjoyed it last year. I enjoyed it this year. We'll see. If you guys are up for it, I'm well, I'm always up for it. Cool. That would be awesome. Or maybe we can change it up a little. Instead of just being roundtable, we can uh, actually pick a, a topic one year. Oh, I would love that too. So we can have more Jory Micah or. <laughs> Fred, Fred, well, Fred, I was thinking less Jory Micah. <laughs> but uh, especially since he blocked me, so I don't even know what the conversation's mm -hmm. about anymore. But um, anything you guys want to close with before I uh, wrap up the show? Anything else we didn't talk about that you want to throw out? You want to promo something, Andrew? Or do we promo? Oh, G3 is coming up. <laughs> Looking forward to that. That's going to be a huge. Nanny down in Alabama or in uh, Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. Yep. Are you going yep. to that, um, Andrew? Yeah, well, I, we should have a booth there for. Um, I think what we're doing is we're doing a booth with the Christian Podcast Community and Justin Peters. So that'll yeah, be kind of a combined booth there. But yeah, we'll be down there. Um, if you want, I mean, it'll be after this drops, but uh, I, I have a episode on that. Uh, 
Bud Alheim and I did on Red Letter Christianity. Some of the quotes that I gave you from Joy Amico is what we dealt with. But I, I really see a concern with this Red Letter Christianity is a way of slipping into churches the social justice movement without them recognizing it because they're, they're isn't thinking, oh, Red Letter isn't red isn't Red Letter just like the um, uh, what what do they call that? Well, the emergent church. No, well, it's some of that. It's it's a mix of all the garbage, <laughs> you know. But really, their focus is on all the social justice stuff. Their their focus is isn't that know, just like the next generation of the emergent though? They just because the emergent well, just yeah. kind of faded away. Isn't this kind it of what faded they faded away, into? It morphed in with the social justice, where they're still going the same route of trying to reconcile with men before reconciliation with God. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to, but they are playing right in with the, with the oppression and everything of social justice. And it's, it's something where they're very deceptive in the way they go about it. And that's why we, we took the time to play them in their own words and show how they're being deceptive. So on my rap report, that's rap with two P's, uh, Andrew Rappert's rap report, my longer one, not the daily one. Um, we went into that with the red letter Christianity and social justice and showing it's just the, it, it's a way that they're, they're taking that. And, and you're starting to see with Joy Micah, you're seeing with Tony Campola, you're seeing with Beth Moore, they're all. Well, Tony Campola was, was emergent church. He was full on. Well, he, so. and, but that's the guy who's starting this red letter Christianity. That's well, that doesn't surprise me then. Cause it's, yeah. it seems like this is just what the, that's morphing into. Yeah. You said, did you say Andy Stanley too? Cause Andy Stanley is kind of doing that. Uh, he well, well, he's not part of Red Letter Christianity yet. <laughs> he might be. Yeah, he's but. getting to where he's totally hate hey, the Old Testament's kind of had its place, and you know we need to move past the Old Testament, and has no relevance really to what's going on with yeah. us, you know establishing the New Testament. Well, once you got rid of the Old Testament, then it's easier to start getting rid of different parts of the New well, Testament too. I've I've been wanting to do an episode on Andy Stanley with that because what I'd like to do is go through. He says, you know, because one of the things he doesn't like about the Old Testament is is slavery, and so what I'd like to do is go through every book of the Bible, the New Testament. I mean, go through every book of the New Testament and see which one has references to the Old Testament. So if we're going to unhitch the Old Testament, which ones are we left with? Mm -hmm. Because I actually did the study, and you know, you know what book we're left with? We're left with one book in the New Testament that doesn't reference back to the Old Testament. It's not like Philemon. Philemon. Oops, but that's all about slavery. <laughs> that's the only thing he wants to hitch over. So he's yeah. left with nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, I am happy to continue uh, chatting with you guys, but I think we're going to wrap up the show as far as the recording goes. And um, I thank you both for so much for being on and uh, had a great time. And if you guys are up for it, let's, again, next year, let's do it again next year. Like I said, maybe yeah, we can have awesome. a, a formal topic. But uh, Thanks for having us, and yeah, we'd love to do it. All right. You're listening to Echo Zoe Radio. Well, that wraps up episode 140. Thanks for listening again. And um, again, the show notes for episode 140 are um, at echozoe.com slash 140. I just realized I hit the wrong sounder. That's why I kind of like looking like I'm freaking out here. This is not pre-written like I normally do. I'm winging it here. And uh, I've said it so many times that, you know, it's just kind of there in my head. But uh, I go to slash 140 show notes, um, uh, outline of the discussion that we just had. So we'll have some of the scriptures that we talked about. We'll have um, additional resources if I have some of those and stuff like that. But uh, that's the episode. So thanks again for so much for listening. Thanks for a great 2019. And we'll be back 
Lord willing, we'll be back uh, next month with the January episode of 2020.